Forget the four kings, I am the emperor. Not my words, those of George Cambosis. After his upset win over Teofimo Lopez in New York, had Lopez down in the first round, down himself in the 10th, but ran out a deserved split decision. It was in the end, but a deserved winner. This is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show, with me, Martin Dolman, with Barry Jones, and with Declan Taylor. As I said, George Cambosis, now the unified lightweight champion, Teofimo Lopez came out very, very fast. As he said he would, he wanted that first round stoppage, but ended up on the canvas himself. Came into the fight, perhaps towards the end, but then when he had Cambosis down the 10th, then lost, I think, the 11th and 12th. But it feels like a fight. One man got his tactics right, one man got his tactics wrong. Yeah, it's sort of easy to say because we know these things are an issue that you know, Teofimo you know, was struggling for the weight and has been for a long time. As well as you know, this was a fight that he probably overlooked because we all did. Let's be honest, we really did. Because Cambosis have shown nothing, though he looked solid, nothing exceptional in anything that he's done that we've seen. But I think that's the easy way out. I think Cambosis was brilliant, and Tiafimo. I think the biggest issue was he couldn't hurt Cambosis early. That was the biggest. Issue. He was he was catching him with shots that would normally, if not knock someone out or down, would make someone panic or make someone reassess what they're trying to do. And Cambosis fire back every time he got hit with a big right hand, especially in the first round, he would fire back. And I don't think that's something that Tiafimo Lopez is used to. And I'm not saying he panicked, but he stopped throwing shots with full conviction for a few rounds, and that allowed Cambosis to get a run, a, a run, a run, a, a, no, and get and get a big lead going into the halfway stage. And and it, and then it was a panic there for Cambosis, you know, he, um, for Tio Lopez. He had to put the pressure on as much as he could. And the corner, by the way, his corner were were just awful. I thought his dad knows he knows his son well, but I think it's sometimes when you have a precocious talent and you train him. I'm not saying you can't train a fight. I'm not saying you're not a good trainer or cornerman, but it it sometimes you get exposed when he get ex- when he gets exposed. You get exposed with it because the, there was no real instruction of what he had to do at all. It was just. Yeah, you get him, you'll get him. Don't worry about it, don't worry about it. You, you, you can't stroke a guy's ego when he's getting beat. You have to go, listen, this you got to pull it out of the bag here. Mate. This is this is your life. So, You've got to give him the right instructions or you're giving a motivational speech saying your life's going to change for the worse if you don't go out there and give it all. Whatever you whatever you can do, you don't just keep saying, that's okay, he's no problem. You're going to get him. It, it was it was awful. But Cambosis was brilliant. Like, you know, better box than we thought. But the main attribute was his toughness, his chin, and his bravery to fire under pressure when in the fight by a street on my card. I do want to get into into both corners actually, and the sort of contrast between them. But it's often easy, Declan, to when there's an upset like this, it's very easy to sort of dwell on what Lopez did wrong rather than on what Cambosis did right. But as I said, his chin stood up in that first round. And it almost felt like Lopez, well, I don't know what to do. But at the same time, Cambotis was the one who was on his jab, setting up his right hand far better than, than Lopez was. Yeah, and I think that first round chain, obviously changed the sort of course of the fight anyway, because Lopez was sort of doing what he wanted until he got knocked down. But then thereafter, he's sort of thinking, OK, he could counter me now. And then his punch, I mean, he's not, he's not a massive, you know, he's not a volume puncher in any way. He's very economical with his punches anyway, but they're all usually like worthwhile punching but after he's get floored like that from basically just an overhand right counter 
after that, he's sort of thinking, well, I don't want to do too much here because I could get clipped again. Even if he's not actually thinking that, just you can tell instinctively that's what he's doing. So for a lot of the round, the middle rounds in particular, not really doing much. Sort of stalking about, like you say, Cambosis using his jab well. Also with the right hand, but he was, he was hooking off the jab really nicely. I've never really seen him do that. And Lopez was not sort of expecting it a lot of the time. Was, was, get, was sort of eating two or three shots at a time. And then Cambosis was off. It was such a lovely performance, like so good to watch. And then the, the 10th round when he got him all over the shop, like really, Cambosis, he's still throwing. I was quite, not disappointed, but surprised that Lopez didn't finish him off. He had like a minute 45 or something. And he's like almost out on his feet, Cambosis. And that, what Barry said about his toughness. And then he wins the 11th round. So then at that point, I'm thinking in the 10th round, right, okay, he's got two rounds now to just walk through him or just, but he didn't. And Cambosis won definitely the 11th, probably the 12th for most people. And then you think, okay, then you start thinking maybe that was the weight. You know, that was the weight. Because we talk a lot about the weight and how it impacts you. It's like, well, when you're in the 11th and 12th and you need to find an extra gear to stop someone who's ready to go, you wouldn't have it in there if, you, if, you, if you've cut like that. And I remember speaking to Lopez before before Khan against uh, Crawford in New York. Um, Lopez boxed, um, what's his face, the Icelandic guy. Oh, was he Finnish? You know, the guy, the, oh, the, old yeah. champ, the old European champion. Stopped him. Great performance. I remember speaking to him then, and he was like, I'm not hanging around at lightweight. I want to win the belt. Like, and then he beat Comey, and, and then he wants to move up. So that's like four years or three years ago that he's talking about not being able to do this weight anymore. So he's clearly hung around a bit too long. And I think it did... It did have an effect on him, but you just have to, like, the camp, the performance from Cabo, is it, it's all well and good having someone who's struggled at the weight. Everyone struggles at the weight, but it's about how you pick them apart. And it was just, it was such a good performance. And we, I said about the, you know, the best performances of active fighters out there. You know, you think about Fury, Wilder, Fury, um, Klitschko even, like Ruiz, Joshua. Like, this is right up there as one of the best wins of any active fighter right now. It was incredible. Biggest win in Australian history by a mile. And that's including like Jeff Fennec and Costa Zhu. And, they, you know, that's a great... Daniel Gill won a middleweight title. They've had some great wins over the years. That is straight in there. Going to New York, beating pound-for-pound pound undefeated champion for all the belts. It was just... That's why we love the sport. That last night, if you could bottle it and say what... People say, why do you love this sport? It's such a mess most of the times. That is exactly why last night. I, I know it's hard to, to think... To, to sort of think about what Teofimo Lopez is thinking. And... You're right about the corner has an impact, but he's come out at the end of the fight and said, well, he said I won at 11-2, and then he realized <laughs> he'd gone 13 rounds and changed it to 10-2. But surely in, in that fight, he must realize at some point that it's not working and he doesn't change it. Well, you, you should know yourself, even if you're not, even if you think you're winning round or they're close, you'd have to, I, I didn't see that, if that's how you feel. The fact that you think it's close means you should be like pushing it as much as you can. But that's where you rely on your corner because sometimes when yeah. you're in it, immersed in it, you can't really see, especially when it's not, when no one's being massively dominant, then you can't really see how if you're winning or losing around sometimes. But you always tend to think, I should do more because I don't feel like I've done enough to guarantee I've won it. Your corner needs to be honest then and say, listen, that's not enough. It's okay being the early doors to be, it's, it's okay, it, it worked, you've got the plan, you've got the power. At some point, the corner has to say, this isn't enough. You're going to lose everything. Listen, Angel Dundee, you're blowing it, son, against, you know, for, for, for Leonard against, against Hearns. You know, there's been so many things that, you know, that, that motivational speaks that have changed the course of fights. And I think you, you need that experience and that 
that really good uh, level headness in the corner to give you the truth at times. It's not all about just being supremely confident with what you're doing and, and, and no negative thoughts. You have to go, listen, this is not enough. You've got to lose. Let's go home if you're not going to try. He was trying. He just, I think he's used to being the bully all the time and and it didn't work there. And it always works because he's brilliant. But, he, but as we found out now, he's brilliant when he's allowed to be brilliant. And Campos has never allowed him that. And I think that now no, gives a, gives an opening or, 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 or a, a vision for other fighters to think, actually, when you fire, when, no, if you can take a shot, which still is, you still got to take it, by the way. If you can, and you fire every time he throws, he can set himself for the next big shot. He struggles a bit. It was, I, I think I would say with Declan, it was literally what we what you love about boxing. No one gave Campos a chance. Nobody. Not even his dad, really. Let's be honest. No, you you think it's a chance of a lifetime for your son. You take it. You know you want. You, and he deserved the opportunity because he worked his way. He did. The, he worked for the rankings. Did the right thing. He beat Selby for the eliminator. Did everything asked of him. But you still thought this is one of those level fights where he's going to get. Listen, we were we weren't talking about winning the fight. We were saying, can he go the distance? Can he go past six rounds? And that's a success for Cambosis. That's how much of a underdog he was. And. He proved anything but he was fantastic. He, he boxed so so well. Forget about the energy and the chin that we that, that that's what won him the fight. His focus, you know, you know, and they planned, like I said, hooking off the jab, things that you know, things that you haven't really seen him do, but he obviously worked very well against against Lopez. They, they they did they did their due diligence for that fight and it and it paid off. It paid off in a, so much. And he was just gracious in in in, in, in victory. He was just everything you want from a champion on, on Saturday night. And you wonder, on the other hand, whether Lopez and their team did the due, due diligence and they thought they were going to turn up and win. And, like, you're right there. When, when it's going wrong, like, the fact that you think he won 10 rounds, like, when you, when you really think about that, that means he's, he's so deep in it that he doesn't have any idea of what's going on in the fight, really. So he needs his corner to be able to tell him. It reminds me slightly, not quite as extreme, but when Frampton boxed Scott Quigg and Gallagher thought that Quigg had won like the first six rounds or something. So then there was no change of pace. There was no, like, this is an emergency now. We need to change it. We need to get on top of this because we're losing. It was like, oh, I thought we were winning sort of thing. And I think that's what, what was the undoing of them. And, and then in the other corner, they're like, right, okay, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. And we're, we're boxing well. We do that. Like, just clear instructions rather than just like, go out and get him now. You know, that it's not, it's not really going to work. But um, I just, it's a hard one to have a go at the dad. He seems like an obvious sort of, what would you call it? Like a conducting rod of, of the hate and the, yeah. like the sort of blame. But he's an easy one. He's an easy target when you look at, when you look at last night. But, he, that's, but that's what he is. That's his role. He's the angel. Yeah. He's, he's, he's today's angel Garcia, isn't he? Yeah, dad, exactly. Daddy, yeah. Dad. You know, they, they, they act the, the goat or whatever they want to do. To, you know, it looks like they're trying to steal the limelight and get the, they get the 10, 15 minutes of fame. And it is a little bit like that. It's a bit of an eagle trip, but it's also to deflect the attention away from their son. So their son could theoretically, as Angel did with Danny, you know, act as an idiot and got in, got got more press than Danny for the in the build up for fights. But then Danny didn't you know could go about his training and not worry about all the, all the crap for promoting the fight. That's pretty and it sort of worked for them. And maybe Angel, uh, maybe you know, Tiafimo's father tries to do the same thing. But then with that, you you know, when when you don't do your job in the corner, which he don't think he did, in my opinion. Then you need to take some criticism with it because you put yourself on the pedestal. You put yourself, you put yourself out there, saying I'm the best. Is my son's the best? You know, and and then you go well, he's 
a mega talent and we all thought he was the best but on Saturday he clearly wasn't the best and I, and it wasn't a close fight for me I don't think I think there was only one winner the, 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 I think that the only surprise for Campos's winning was the score for Lopez yeah. how could you score that fight for Lopez I couldn't see it mm. well, that's the worry that nobody in the corner or in that team is going to accept this defeat and it was a bit like with when Yard lost against Lyndon Arthur you, you're like you need someone to be like no we lost this is why and this is what we need to address rather than like yeah. no we definitely won this fight like this is a robbery or whatever you need to accept it and then you can build from it it's it's a real feature actually of the zone I mean I guess because of the money yeah. they have that you can hear in the corner instead of us going to a voter all advert every time you can actually you know they went straight to the corner listen to the one then listen to the other uh, in the next round but it, and i know it is maybe difficult for us to criticize corners but after the first round lopez senior tells him to calm down but also tells him to try and knock him out a lot of the time he seemed to be late to the corner he seemed to yeah a few I, seconds see, to i noticed that there was one the one i think it was the 10th must have been when he dropped him Lopez is like meandering back to the corner. You can see the old man like still on the floor, like cheering. I'm like, you need to be in there like now. Like the minute started. It was bizarre. You're, you're so right. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who spotted that. It was weird. And even just things like, I think they were both cut at one point, but like the difference in how they, they just didn't seem professional almost. Whereas you've got Cambosis, you've got proper instructions. I think it was Shane McGuigan once said, you know, you can only, or David Hay, I think maybe said, you only want to hear one thing in the corner, or maybe two things. That's all you want to hear in between rounds because you don't have, you've got a minute, probably 50 seconds. You're obviously deep in the fight. You only want to hear a couple of things. Do this, don't do that. Instead of just someone shouting, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're winning, you're fine. You, you know, it's just simple instructions. And, and really, dad or no dad, that should be what, what's happening. See, the protocol for going back to the corner should be, you get your fighter sat down, get his legs out, Make sure no, no, there's no panic or nothing. No, even if there was a panic and wrong, there's no panic initially. So it's just for that first ten seconds, it's fifteen seconds because it takes him five to get to the back to the corner. It's nothing. Just get done. There you go. Give him a bit of water or check or, or get the guy working on a cut. Get anything like that, and then you go. Then you go and tell him stuff. Not all this like. There's sometimes they're talking before he gets back to the corner. Right, you gotta be this. Is that? You, it's hard to digest anything because you've got your own thought process going on, by the way, and you're there's a million things coming in. You're panicking about this if you if it's a close fight, you're losing or you're hurt or or you know or you or, or you're knackered. All these things into play. Plus, you have to try and think logical about what's going on, and then you got you don't go back just go right. I'll, I'll listen to them and do what I'm told. You have to be told a couple of things as David Hay, you know, he's right, just a couple of things, and then you digest that. Or you don't. You, know, you don't always do, but one thing might click in your head and you go, yeah, that's right. Because ultimately, that's why all the training is important and tactics, loose tactics are important because what you do in the gym will stay with you in the head. What you're told on the night won't always stay with you. you know, it has to be a muscle memory type scenario. So when they say something, you go, it clicks sometimes if, if, if it feels right for you. A lot of things are told you're told in the corner. You almost ignore and fighters, whether they admit that or not, that's the truth. And you don't purposely ignore it. You just can't digest all the information because you've got your own thing going on as well. So it's, it is two, one, two clear instructions. But first of all, you may get the calm, the fighter calm in the corner, make sure he's okay. And then the last sort of 30 seconds is the instructions just before he goes back. That's what it should be, I would think. And yeah, but all this, you know, at one point he was stood up, which is fine. 
the guy's trying to do the cut. He's moving around. He gave up in the end, the cutsman. He just went off. Like, the cut, I can't. The cut I, I think it was like 11th round, you know, the round to go, yeah. I think that was. But, but still, like, you know, he wants to try and do the best he can. And, and he wouldn't then do his job because he got his back to his dad. The one guy's on the, the outside of the ring. His dad's behind him. His dad's talking. The other guy's trying to give him water on this side. And the guy's trying to do the cut on the other side. So he's going, listening to his dad, having a drink. And the other guy's this side trying to do his cut. It was just ludicrous. Like, it was just mayhem. But they, they live on mayhem. I think it's worked for him because they have... But it doesn't work when things are not going your way. When everything's going your way, you can do somersaults and you could, and your father can jump on the ropes going, we're the kings of the world. And, and it's all funny and it's fine and it's brilliant. And you go, they work. They, they, whatever they do, it works for them. But when things are not working... It just looks, you know, you also, you, again, you get exposed a little bit where, where's your professionalism? And, and I don't mean about trading. They trained hard for the fight. Of course they have. Weight's an issue, but they've trained. And they've, over, they've mentally overlooked him because we all did. There was a fight he was going to walk through him. And, I, and, and to be honest, we all, if you didn't think he was going to walk through Campbell, it's just you're lying. That's the truth. And, and, but yeah, and, and, but in the ring, in the, in the ring, the actual on the night, they weren't the most professional outfit. That didn't lose him the fight, mind. But it could have helped him. So if they would have said after round four, listen, you're picking your punches, trying to knock him out. You got to be busy because this guy can take a shot. You got to work him. You got to be busy. And and he just and he couldn't. Refreshingly, I mean, it was a it was a mandatory defence. There is no rematch clause, so we don't have to assume that it will happen again. Cambosis, I mean, he's obviously in America, and we have Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz in Vegas. Next weekend, he's talked about going going there to be ringside. That seems like I can't imagine that would be a difficult fight to, to make. No, should it be? I think he's that's, it is refreshing because he'll just go in there and he'll fight anyone and he'll he'll be happy to get paid and he's got the belts and it's like it's nice, isn't it? Because we were looking at those four and being like, well, they're never going to fight each other, so why do we even talk about it? But I think he's just he's just the wild card, isn't he? And he's so good to watch, so entertaining. Such a great character. I think it's. I think it's great. I, yeah, I think they were talking about. Hearn said that Haney was going to box Garcia. Was it? They were finally going to make one of those fights if they both win. But I mean, it's all hypothetical. But I think we've got someone in Cambosis that it's just going to be. Yeah, I'll, I'll fight whoever. And obviously, he has all those belts. So any of them, like Haney or whatever. I mean, that's not a foregone conclusion, by the way, against Diaz. That's a great fight as well. So any of them guys are going to look at him and think, okay, yeah. Okay, he beat Lopez. He's better than we thought, but I still fancy him beat, winning and getting all those belts, sort of thing. So, yeah, and I is one of them. Like I always try and gauge it on. You know, when you, the the day after the fight, you if you're excited about watching him fight again, I always think he's made an impact. And I remember thinking that about George Groves when he lost the first fight against Frutz. He was like, he lost, but I'm desperate to see him again. I want to see this guy fight again. The same with Cambosa. It's like can't wait for him to box again. So. It's so nice in a division that we've talked about a lot, but we all were cynical about it just to have someone who's in there and ready to ready to do the business. And he's going to get paid well for it as well, and he's going to make a fortune. I think the pay is important. I think the pay is why I think if he doesn't fight Devin Haney next, then there's something wrong. Because yeah. I think the Cambosis thing was always the, the Cambosis, the, the the Lopez thing was always an issue. Who wanted it was going to be the A side who wanted the biggest money, and you know, we all thought Lopez was the A side, and but. Haney would have thought differently and, and I think that was going to be always be a difficult fight to make but but makeable but I think Cambosis now though he got paid well uh, last night he's not going to demand the same amount 
as Lopez is. I, I wouldn't have thought. And if he does, then he's stupid. But so that's why I think the Haney fight would be an easier fight to make now. And this, if I was, you can see everyone a fancy beating Cambosis, by the way. Yeah. Because again, he was fantastic, but he doesn't have, no, he has a great chin, but he got hurt later on. He has, you know, he looks like he hits hard, but he doesn't look like he's a devastating puncher with every time, like, like, like Lopez looked up until le- le- the other night. So you tend to think, I know like, Haney could look at him and say, I'll just dance rings around him. I won't, I won't hold my feet like, like Lopez, but I would be charging at him. I'll be making him, I'll be doing a little bit more what the Selby type fights sort of did, but, but better with a bit more aggression. And so you can see why he thinks, but then, you know, He's a hard man to, to you know to to deter. We thought we've known we've seen that already a couple of times, certainly last night. But I think that fight should be easy to make. And if it's not, if, if they can make that fight, then I think the camps, whoever the promoter, their camps are not doing their jobs because we can get it. It's we, we've never been closer to a unified lightweight champion of the world than we are right now to mm. making that fight to making a, to making a unified champion of the world. That should be the next fight. I don't. I can't see what stops it now. Unless Haney gets beaten, Diaz. Well, even if Haney gets beaten, Diaz wins. It should be easy to make again. Yeah, it's it's um, his problem now. Cambosis, he's never going to get overlooked again, is he? It's a bit like, bit like. Remember Michu, the Swansea striker, turned up, scored every week, and because no one heard of him, no one knew who he was. And then about three months later, they're like, okay, this guy's good, and he gets marked, can't score again. That's so nobody's going to overlook Cambosis again. And that, like Devin Haney, and I think whether anyone admits it. Lopez and that whole team probably thought this is easy work and also he's made for me. This is fine. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to do after. It ain't going to happen again with Cambosis, particularly because you've got all the belts. Someone like Haney is going to be like, no, I know what he does now. I know all of his strengths. I've seen them with my own eyes now and this is how I beat him. And I think that will be a problem for him. And in terms of Lopez, given the, the weight situation and obviously he would be He's not going to hang around at lightweight to have another couple of fights to get another title shot, is he? Presumably now, he does make that move up. Yeah, he, well, he'd go. He should have anyway. But the problem is now he moves up with no guarantee he gets a shot at Josh Taylor um, because he doesn't have. I think the WBO make you automatically mandatory if you move up, you know, being a champion from the weight below. But now he's not a champion no more. Then he go goes in high in all the ratings you would feel, but still. Still has to prove himself, so he maybe he needs that to get a warm and fight now before. So that sort of st- not stagnates his career, but that keeps him, you know, maybe a twelve month away or longer from from getting that shot at the at the world title, unless of course Taylor gets beat, or the titles get fragmented. You know, which is probably what's going to happen more than anything is that Taylor's not going to be able to keep all those belts if Taylor can stay at the weight because he's another guy who's massive for the weight, and we think he might, you know, we, we want to move to welterweight soon, so. Lopez will get a shot at a world title above, and I think he'll be just as good as he was at lightweight. And he'd be a great addition to another fantastic division at super light. I call it light welter, but it's super lightweight, isn't it? And super lightweight too. It's a fan, it's, it's, he's a great addition. And he's, and he's just, you don't become a bad fighter overnight at, at, at his age. You don't. You know, he, he got exposed a little bit about, you know, you just can't dine out on your power and your athleticism. You have to go in there with a proper plan. You have to be diligent mentally not just physically so i think you no know, he would have learned from that more than anything else and and it'll be an awakening for him that he's not indestructible i think some people you know especially us based fighters they once they, once they get to a level and they're not getting beat they genuinely think they, we all go into the fight think we're going to win and the great fighters go into the fight thinking they can never lose 
but they train like they can. And I think he's probably never, even though he trains hard, he probably never trained like he can lose. But now he knows he can. So that's, that'll be a different mindset for him back in the gym. Because he'll have to be, everything will have to be spot on. Not just going through the motions, not just thinking, if I just turn up the best I am, if I just turn up in shape, I can beat anyone. you got to go in there going, I, got, I can beat anyone if I turn up in shape, but i got to leave no stone unturned. i got to study him, got to get right, the camp's got to get right. I gotta, no, you, he, he's the boss of his company, by the way, so he's got to make sure everyone, including his dad, gets it right for him. And maybe they have to bring someone in to, to be more, more of a structure to the corner, certainly. Not so much the, the training camp. I don't know what else I'd like, but the corner needs more structure. I, I feel that with a more with a calmer head in the corner and a bit more structure, he might have made that a little bit closer. Maybe, maybe. You know, if, it, if it was in him, by the way, but who knows. But, but yeah, I think he, he might have been able to make that a little bit more of a closer fight than it was because I never had it remotely close at all. I thought I thought Cambosis was outworking him, outboxing him, outthinking him. Yeah, I I think he'll be. I think he's going to be better at uh, weight up. I think he spent too long killing himself, particularly at a young age as well. So his body's desperate to develop, and it hasn't really been allowed to. I think that extra what five pounds is going to make a massive difference. He's going to retain, if not retain his power, I think he'll be more powerful. He's going to be stronger and bigger. I think the fight to make is Regis Progre. I think it's a massive fight. Ooh. And then the winner moves on to maybe Taylor or whoever, wherever the belts are. That was another thing, though, that did my head in a bit last week is the dad's sort of big outburst at Josh Taylor. It's like there's just a total lack of respect. You know, you can't you just go around telling everyone that they're scared of his son. It's like, well, no, he's not scared. Like, there's no thought to any of it. And I I think it would be a, like a massive fight down the line. But I think the pro-grade fight would be a great... I mean, it's beyond the sort of testing the water fight that way. It's a it's a proper test. I mean, another great fighter. So then the winner of that would be more than worthy for, for a crack at Taylor. He's not going to fight Progate unless it's for a world title. And I don't think Progate yeah. will fight him unless it's for a world title. Or silly money. Because, again, cause that is a world title fight. You know, Progate is world championship material all day long. You know, he really is. And if it wasn't for the chat that, all, that Ramirez had two titles and Josh had two when he beat him, then he'd be a world champion. I'd be the box for one of them. If only had one, if yeah. Taylor and... and, and Ringers only had one title each. They'd be two spare and re- and Progate would have won a title again. I'm pretty sure of that. So he's probably the, he's the third best fighter in the division, isn't he? So unless he moves up again as well, who knows? But I think that, I think it, it's, it all depends on Taylor moving up. But I think he'll want to test. I was going to say Sapida, but then that's another fight, another fight which should be for a while. <laughs> it's a hard division, isn't it? But you know, you want to, you need to get a good test. Because now he's not going to be guaranteed a shot at the champion. But the test that he needs might be too hard a test. I'm not saying he can't beat them, guys. Of course, he's, he's, he's good enough to beat anybody. But they might be too hard a test with, for what, what the reward is. You still want to call yourself a world champion again. I think that's what he'd be focusing on. You think he'd get. Because before last night, he was guaranteed a shot, a shot wherever he went. Because he was one of the stars of world boxing. And now. He's not one of the stars of world boxing right now. You know that's just the truth of it, isn't it? You know how he's been beat. He's been he, he comes there with a name, but a little bit tarnished now. And also he has he's another bag in the chip of being a champion, moving up or staying at lightweight, and he has nothing to offer except his his name and his ability. So it, it makes it more difficult for him. So it's a little bit of humble pie being eaten for him, but I don't think that's a bad thing in the longevity. He's a young kid with, a, with still a fantastic career ahead of him. 
you can do loads in either division. But I think I think what what Dex saying is right. Deep. I think he needs to move up to be truly effective. I think he'd be a better fighter at, at, super, at super lightweight. And yeah, and, and it's not a bad division, is it? You know, he's going from one great division to maybe a, an even better one. I think the problem we've got here is that I don't think we're going to see anyone want to fight on zone anymore because it's just the absolute graveyard of champions, isn't it? If you've got a belt, <laughs> if you're a favourite, stay away from zone. Speak to Trilla, speak to Sky, whoever it is, BT, don't care. Just stay off zone if you want to keep your belt, if you don't want to get upset. Because this year has been unbelievable on the zone. And you've got to say, you've got to take your hat off to Eddie Hunt because it's obviously because, you know, I mean, this one, it sort of fell into his lap, but he did bid big. But some of the upsets on the zone this year have been ridiculous. And you would usually say upset of the year, but you have to really give it some thought, actually, because even how big it was <laughs> last night, it probably wasn't the upset of the year, even, even now. So what a year it's been. Indeed. One king dethroned. Another one in action next weekend in Devon Heaney against Giorgio Diaz in Las Vegas. Do join us then to look back at that one on the zone. So who knows what's going to happen? Until then, do take care. <laughs>